Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Now, it is uh, the next to last day of Black History Month. And if you have been uh, in the news, you know that Bob Marley is one of the history makers who has been making news because his biopic, One Love has made over $70 million at the box office so far. And we are joined now by someone who actually knew him because she met him during his time when he was in Delaware. And I don't know uh, if folks know that Bob Marley spent a portion of his young life in Wilmington, Delaware. Genevieve Jenny Pitts is here with us, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what it was like to meet a young Bob Marley and also about the People's Festival that is celebrating its 30th anniversary, and that is the festival that celebrates Bob Marley's life and legacy. Jenny, I think it's Jenny. Uh, Good morning to you. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for including me in this little part of the story. Oh, absolutely. Jenny, tell us, first of all, how did Bob Marley come to Delaware and how did you and your then-husband meet him? Bob came here um, in 1968 to come live with his mother for a little while. He wanted to come to America and work so that he could go back and support his music career. So did we? So you knew yeah. when you initially met him that he was a musician, or uh, how exactly did did you meet? Did you live next door or close to uh, where Bob's mother lived? Is that how you guys met? Okay. Well, um, my husband Ibis Pitts had a little shop that was called the Ibis Shop. It was an Afrocentric shop with drums, clothing, all the jewelry, everything that you would hope to find in a little shop like his, and. Um, Rita Marley had come down the street uh, to check his little store out one day, and she was barefoot and strolled into the shop barefoot with nappy hair. She Her hair was all, my husband said it was just, you know, in an afro, but it wasn't cared for. I guess she was starting her locks. Right. And um, she was dancing around the shop and came over and started talking to my husband and shared with him that her husband was a musician and that he was coming to visit in a few days and she would bring him down to meet him. Mm-hmm. So a few days later, Bob and Rita walked into the shop and began talking to Ibis. They were both about the same age. Ibis was, uh, in those days, he was about 18 uh, years old, 19. I did not know any one of those people at the time. <laughs> um, okay. So he, yeah, so he... um he met Bob and Rita, and they became really good friends, just like they're both Aquarians, they're both entrepreneurs, both love to travel, both love music. And so they had a lot in common, and they um, they just enjoyed each other's company. And of course, for Rita and Bob, the Ibis shop was a really cool place to hang out in the daytime. So they started hanging out there, and Ibis would go back to uh, Bob's mother's house, who lived right on Tatnall, which is only like two short blocks from his shop. Mm-hmm. So after work, they would close up the shop, go to mom's, have a great dinner because she always cooked amazing Jamaican food, my husband said. And um, they would go in the basement and play music every night till the wee hours. But my husband had no idea. He thought they were just jamming, having fun. 
Whereas for Bob, it was a serious thing, you know, practicing his music. So um, soon after Bob worked at DuPont, which is, you know, an icon in Wilmington, uh, the DuPont company, he worked at the hotel. And um, then he moved from there to the um, Chrysler shop, which was in Newark, Delaware, another iconic company uh, there in, in the Wilmington area. So Bob worked at both of those for a short while. And then he decided to go back home to Jamaica and he invited Ibis to go with him. So they had a wonderful two-week vacation. Um, after Ibis came back, he closed the shop and decided to travel instead. Oh, so wow. he came, found his way to L.A. and um, lived in the Hollywood area. And he was a great photographer. He was the first black photographer for the um, news journal in Wilmington. Wow. And, um he covered the the area during the riots of Wilmington, which was occupied at the time. Um, it was a, a pretty harsh time, but Ibis was promoted from the lab uh, into being one of the main photographers that covered that that time in Wilmington because he was allowed in the neighborhoods where a lot of the other people on the news journal were not. They would turn over their trucks and give them a whole lot of trouble. So Ibis because he was a black man, he could go in and take some pictures that others couldn't. So he did that. And when he went to Hollywood, he took all his camera equipment and started to photograph some pretty iconic actors and actresses and playing golf and doing just things outside of making movies until his car was broken into and he lost all his equipment. Oh, So he ended up... Um, in in uh, the uh, in uh, the L.A. area, leaving, living by the Dodger Stadium, and eventually one day we met at a jazz festival there. Um, and soon after that, I mean, we got together pretty quick. And soon after that, we were on the beach one day in Santa Monica, and heard that Bob Marley and the Whalers were in concert at the Roxy. So Ibis was shocked to hear that <laughs> he was back in Jamaica. Uh, goofing off like he did with the music, you know. Right. But Bob was all, had made great strides in the short time since they'd seen each other in the late sixties. It was uh, nineteen seventy four at this time. Wow. And uh, yeah, so Bob made it. His first uh, tour to America was the Nazi Dread tour, which was the tour that came to the Roxy that week. Bob had two shows a night for three nights at the Roxy. And we got every one of them because when we heard the ad, it was for the first show. And of course, after that, Ibis went in and, and you know, found Bob and they, it was like old time buddy Sage. He just couldn't <laughs> get over. This was Bob in concert with his band here. You know, it was like right. amazing. So that's how we reconnected. That's when I met him. And that's when I got into the groove of, uh, you know, knowing Bob and the family and all of that. But uh, a few years after that, just uh, maybe a couple of years after that, um, Ibis went to Wilmington because Bob was in concert at in Philadelphia. And he was at the Tower Theater for that weekend. And Ibis went up to visit. And Rita Marley again had a conversation with my husband and told him that they were getting ready to go on tour. And Seiko, the drummer, the kunga player, didn't want to go on this tour. So he thought, she thought, if Ibis could hang out near near the family when he came tired to go on tour, he might be able to join us. So she offered him to come on up from Virginia, bring the family and come on up with us and stay with us for a while. And we'll see how it works out. 
as far as the tour goes. So we did that. And that's how we ended up in Wilmington, living with Bob and Rita and the family back in uh, 1975. Wow. So we're um, finding out black history that we didn't even expect. Yeah. So, you know, we we got to live with them. It was just an amazing, you know, to me, they were just a normal family. I mean, you know, truly. Bob's mother was uh, an amazing woman. I was so happy to be in her company. I had two little baby girls at the time. And it was just kind of, you know, uh, I'm Mexican. So in our family, a lot of times we had multiple families living in the same house and sharing, you know, Mm -hmm. the household. So it felt very natural to me. And we had a wonderful time. We stayed with them for several months until there was a small house fire and, um, you know, the, we had to move, find a new place to live, even though Rita asked us to just move next door. Bob lived uh, in one house and his mother lived in the other. We lived at Bob's house and that's the house that had the small fire. So we were we started to look for somewhere else to live. But Rita wanted us to move into mom's house and stay. She, there's plenty of room. Just stay here. But I just you know, I knew that that, you know, there were uh, there was an influx of people when Bob was in town. It was a lot of people. And so I didn't <laughs> right. really want like that. So we found elsewhere and we we moved out, but we never, never, ever were far. And we became the best of friends. We really enjoyed um, a lifelong relationship with the family and our children got to travel and and know the Marley children. And we, they all grew up together. And, um, you know, until 1993 is when mother first suggested that we do a tribute to Bob in Wilmington. And uh, Ibis and I had been wondering for several years since Bob's passing what we could do to continue to carry on the message and, and the legacy. And this gave us an opportunity to do both, although neither one of us had any idea how we would do a tribute to Bob because we didn't know what that meant. But this year, on August 31st, we'll make 30 years since we've been doing the tribute to Bob in Wilmington and uh, it's been a blessing and an honor to carry that legacy in Wilmington and the area, making sure that Bob's time spent there uh, remains, uh, you know, significant to the time that he spent in the States, for sure. Because Bob, Wilmington, Delaware was the first place Bob and the family called home outside of Jamaica. So it was a special time for all of us. And this is the People's Festival that you've been doing that's celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. But Jenny, let me ask you, and if you're just joining us, I'm Tanya Pendleton. This is Reality Check. And we're here with Genevieve Jenny Pitts, who is the organizer of the People's Festival that celebrates Bob Marley's life and legacy. And she and her family were close to Bob during his time in Wilmington, Delaware. Let me ask you, Jenny, what was it like those early times and, and particularly those early shows? I've heard that Bob Marley shows were electric. They must have been amazing. You know, the, from the first, first show, from the first time I met him, I had never known a Jamaican person, so was not familiar with the accent, <laughs> never met a, anybody with dreadlocks, and never really was uh, infused into the culture of Jamaica. Even living in L.A. where, you know, you have lots of cultures, we I'd never really been emerged in it. So it was so different to me, and it was... Uh, that weekend, once we were at the first concert, the rest of the weekend became like a big family reunion for Ibis and Bob. So we hung out with Rita, Judy, uh, and, and the whole band for the whole weekend. So, you know, just having that experience 
um, at that time was just life transforming for me because it, it introduced me to um, to a lot of amazing things at a level that I would have never expected. And it was the beginning of a different kind of outlook on life for me. So being close to Bob, to answer your question, it was my husband and Bob that had a really close relationship. And so I, I never um, got to the place where I could say Bob and I were friends because I, I kind of I had my two little girls and I was more with mom and Rita and, you know, the ladies in the house. Sure. And I knew that Bob was a very um, sought after person. So whenever he was home and we were blessed to have him near us at home, he had so many other people pulling on him that, you know, I just kind of tried to be invisible and be out of the way, so, so to speak. But um, it was an amazing time because all kinds of people would come to the house and, and you know, want to meet with Bob and see him and experience family, friends, news, you know, all kinds of people. So it was really kind of an interesting and different kind of uh, energy. However, hearing Bob do interviews and being able to sit close and listen, um, really not, not only watching him perform, which every performance was what the most amazing revival Nobody could listen to Bob play live music and have their feet on the ground. It was impossible. Mm. You were just lifted. You were lifted. And everybody in the in the audience was lifted and, and just, you know, taking us higher and higher as he sometimes his encore would be a two hour encore for real. Bob would get back on stage and stay on stage until they literally threw him out, which they never did. <laughs> so, you know, those concerts, those concerts were definitely the the biggest, the most amazing, most spiritual revivals that you could ever imagine, truly, you know? Well, tell us, uh, because we are running down on time, I could certainly listen and listen to all this, uh, these stories and the history all day. And it's wonderful to talk to you during Black History Month. But tell us about the People's Festival, where we can uh, enjoy some of those vibes uh, that are part of his legacy of music. Absolutely. Wilmington is a special place to come to a tribute to Bob Marley because you really, really do feel the energy and the one love vibration every year. People always approach us and thank us and, and even tell us that the energy from this day lasts them all year until next year when we do the, the um, tribute all over again. So this year on August 31st, at the Tubman Garrett Riverfront Park in Wilmington, Delaware, we'll be celebrating 30 years of lifting the spirit of Bob Marley, keeping his legacy alive, keeping it connected to Wilmington, letting um, the world know the importance of the time he spent there because he touched a lot of lives there, including ours. And so this tribute is very special and close to our hearts. Um, August 31st, Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, we have a lot of great surprises and a lot of great vibration waiting for everybody when we join together this year. And we look forward to having you all. Come on down right next to the train station, right across the street from the bus station. The park sits right, very accessible, right off of 95. Um, and you can get off the train right at the park or cross, walk across the street from the bus and be at the park. So very, very um, accessible to everybody. So easy to get to, no excuse. You've got some heads up, head down to Wilmington, Delaware for the People's Festival at the Tubman Garrett Riverfront yes. Park, 
August 31st, the 30th anniversary. One Love is in theaters now doing really well. People are just really enjoying and embracing Bob's legacy as you have, and also your husband's legacy and the things that he did uh, as a history maker in Wilmington. Thank you so much for being with us today. Genevieve, Jenny Pitts. Yes, thank you for having me. I look forward to seeing everybody on August 31st, right down in Wilmington. Nothing better to do on Labor Day weekend. I appreciate the time with you today, Jenny. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.